Amen. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 14. Maybe a little bit different than what you're used to, uh, but I feel the Lord would help somebody. Tonight would be a wonderful night for someone to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And if you don't want it, I tell you what, I, I think I'll just get it all over again. How about you? <laughs> I see some friends. I see some friends in the back, back corner over here. She's not looking at me now. I don't remember her name. I see some friends. I remember y'all. You remember me? All right, you know where I'm coming, don't you? <laughs> Them teasing. Remember these young ladies. Amen. Isn't God good to us? Hebrews 4 and 14, seeing then that we have a great high priest that's passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find help and find grace to help in time of need. Amen. Boy, I feel such a personal opposition here tonight. Devil don't, devil don't want somebody to go home with an understanding and a revelation of just how much God's for you and not against you. And I'm just going to say this. I didn't know quite where to plug this in tonight. And I'm not going to qualify or try myself. Uh, you, some of you, enough of you know me here tonight. But when a man starts praying, God opened my eyes to things that the natural eye cannot see. Show me things. You never know how God's going to respond. And I'm going to say this for a reason. And I don't want, I don't want, I don't want the wrong response. So I'm going to say it like this. I felt, I felt a terrible spirit in this church tonight. And I don't say that to bring it down. I'm only saying that to tell somebody, if you're fighting, if you're fighting some nasty, horrible spirits, there's a God that loves you, that wants to set you free tonight. Not because I'm here. Why wait till tomorrow? You may have walked in bound, honey. Go home free. Free, free. And I'm going to preach for a few moments tonight simply. I believe in grace. I believe in grace. Father, we love you. We thank you, God. God, I feel my help coming on, Lord. I know your word's anointed. Anoint these lips to speak, God, to do your will, God. Have your way in this place, God. Confirm your word with signs following, God. We'll give you all the praise and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated tonight. You know, we're still living down here in the Bible Belt, and you probably don't have to drive very far, and you can find uh, a church to fit whatever you believe in. And uh, for the most part, though, most Christian denominal churches 
they're going to differ in some areas, but they're all going to boil down to a few main points when it comes to basic salvation theology. They love to quote verses such as, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And they love to say, not of works, lest any man should boast. They love to quote Acts chapter 16, verse 31, where the Bible said, uh, uh, and they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Yet they omit two verses later where the Bible said, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his straightway. Yes, I too left, uh, left Branson and saw the, 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 the Jesus play And yes, as an apostolic, I too walked out shaking my head saying, how can you read the the, the book of Acts and make it what you did? And they've so watered down this salvation message to simply just believe him, be identified, and you're saved. No wonder they stay home all the time now because they preached a message. You just stay, you just believe. And so therefore they say, if I believe, I can stay home. If I believe, I don't have to pay my tithe. If I believe, I don't have to be faithful to a church or a man of God. If I believe, I don't have to worry about my lifestyle. I just believe. Thank God we understand there's a whole lot more to this message than just believing. You got to believe and obey. Obey. Then they, 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 they choose to ignore Peter's words on the day of Pentecost. When men asked them, what must we do to be saved? And Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I want to just stop and tell somebody, amen, nothing breaks the grip of sin like being baptized in Jesus' name. Believing don't do that. Repeating a sinner's prayer doesn't do that. But only being baptized in the saving name of Jesus Christ makes the sin be remitted, broken, destroyed. Thank God for the day you went down in a watery grave and all your sins were buried, buried. Thank God for the blood. I said, thank God for the blood that washed away your sins. It didn't matter how bad they were. The blood could cover them all. It doesn't matter how many they were. The blood covers them all. Thank God for the blood. You know he didn't stop preaching there. He said, for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And then he continued by saying, and with many other words did he testify and exhort saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Save yourselves. Save yourselves. Save yourselves. Save yourself. If you're standing in the middle of the interstate 
and an 18-wheeler's coming right at you, don't wait for somebody else to pull you out of the way. Get out of the way. Save yourself. Save yourself. If mama don't go, save yourself. If daddy don't go, save yourself. Oh, God. If nobody else comes to church, I'm coming to church. If nobody else prays, I'm praying. I'm fasting. I'm singing. I'm shouting. Oh, I'm dancing. I'm going to make it. If nobody else cares, I care. I must be saved. You've got to save yourself. Quit blaming everybody else. Quit blaming the church. Quit being a victim and save yourself. I'm going to just throw this in there. God never hurt you. The church never hurt you. Sin hurt you. The church never hurt you. Quit blaming your pain on the church. The church doesn't hurt people. It can't hurt people. Sin hurts people. So quit putting the blame on the preacher and the church and put blame on the sin. So we understand that there's more to salvation than simply believing and receiving. We understand there must be true repentance. You've got to turn from your sin. You've got to make up your mind. I'm not going to live the way I used to live and do the things that God hates. You must make up your mind. I'm going to get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Not some weak Titles, but in the name of Jesus Christ, having your sins washed away. And then you must seek for God to fill you with the glorious baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And all of this happens because we believe and we obey. And the ability for this glorious salvation plan to become possible in all of our lives is simply by the grace of God. It's the grace of God that allowed a man of God to preach the word of God. It's the grace of God that allowed me the privilege to repent of my sins. It's the grace of God that allowed me to be buried in baptism. It's the grace of God. I believe in grace. Come on, somebody. I believe in grace. Come on. I believe in grace. Peter believed in grace. Peter said, but we believe that through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. The apostle Paul believed in grace. He said, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So what is grace tonight? Though not always the case, it's most commonly understood as the unmerited favor of God, a gift of love and compassion that only God alone can provide. Amen. And in close relation is a word called mercy. 
Often these words are interchangeable, but not to be confused. While the grace of God is the unmerited favor of God, mercy is the compassion of God, often revealed by the removal of punishment or suffering that we deserve. So what does all this mean? Sin demanded that somebody pay a price. Sin demanded that somebody must die. It was the mercy, the mercy of God that produced the love of God. Death, burial, resurrection. He forgave us. That's God's compassion. That's God's love. That's God's mercy. Mercy is God not giving us what we deserve that's mercy the fact that he would do all that for you and I as undeserving as we are that's grace his compassion made him do what he did but because we were recipients of the favor of God, that's grace. Amen. Grace is God blessing us in spite of our unworthiness. It's the grace of God that allows us to be saved. It's the grace of God that allows me to come to an altar though I don't deserve it and repent and tell God I'm sorry not one time, not two times, but every day of my life. Grace says the altar is where you belong. The grace of God allowed me to go down in a watery grave and have my sins washed away that's how we're saved by the grace of God by the grace of God yes we are saved by grace because God allowed you to respond to his divine call his compassion allows us to meet him at an altar of repentance we don't just admit confess and believe and go home that's not grace that's not grace grace is God's sin come on you don't deserve it, but here's an altar. Look at me, folks. Come on. Grace says you're not worthy, but come on. I'll wash away your sins. Amen. Grace says, come on. You don't deserve it, but I'm going to get deep inside of you and fill you with my glorious spirit. That's the grace of God, and that's why the Bible said we are saved by grace. Don't lift your hands and praise him. Let's love him together. Come on. And that's why I believe in grace. Can you all ride with me for just a few moments here tonight? I'm going somewhere. That's why I'm thankful for the grace of God. And this is what the Apostle Paul meant when he said, For sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. There is no room, hear me, no room for mercy under the law. But grace, the gift of God's compassion, man was evident at Calvary. And since the day he died on a wooden cross for you and I, 
There's been a call for fallen men. A man is willing to die on a wooden altar of repentance. I don't deserve it. But grace made it available. Amen. And we can rest assured that when we walk through the door of grace, mercy will be found. And God says, go and sin no more. And God says, you're forgiven. Now, go back and live for me. Thank God for mercy. I don't deserve mercy, but that's what grace is. Grace says mercy is available. When you stumble, get up, get up, get up, and pick up your head and live for God. Oh, come on, let's love him. I'm preaching to somebody tonight. Get up. Get up. The grace of God says get up. Mercy is available. Get up and find the forgiveness. Find the mercy. Find the pardon. Let's thank God for grace. Come on. Let's thank God. I feel the Holy Ghost trying to move. Come on. Mm. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit would say tonight. Grace is available for you. Grace is calling you tonight. It's clearly shown, and I know that most of you are very familiar, and I'll quickly go through it tonight, through the story, the parable of the prodigal son. Jesus tells us about two sons. The younger says to his father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me, and he divided it unto them his living not many days, the younger son gathers all together, takes his journey to a far country. He wastes his substance with a riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. He began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of the country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. He would have fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. When he came to himself, thank God for the moment you woke up and came to yourself. They said, what am I doing out here living in sin? This is not living. This is not life. Sin doesn't pay. Sin cost. Light comes on. He says, I'm going home. Thank God for a place to come home to. Come on. I want to tell somebody, you, you, you came home when you walked in that door tonight. I said, you came home. To a loving father that saw the son afar off and he went running to meet him. He didn't, he didn't understand. He said, hey, my son was dead, but now he's alive. He was lost, but now he's found. And daddy had mercy. And the son says, no. Let me be one of the higher. I don't deserve the mercy you're giving me. 
But that's what grace is. The unmerited favor of God. And so in our text, we see the writer explaining about the great high priest, Jesus, the manifestation of God. Let us hold fast our profession. He says, we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. And I've preached about that. You've heard many sermons about that, about a God that was tempted at all points like as we are yet without sin. And we, we're so thankful for all of that. But something stuck out to me the other day. He said, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne. The throne of judgment so God can beat your head in with his big staff. Come boldly to the throne so God can spit in your face and say, you're pathetic. Go on, there's no hope for you. Throne. The throne represents a place of power represents a place of authority. It has some great characteristics about it. But the writer said, let us boldly come to the throne of, of. Got to look at the word of. What, what, it's a little word and we can take it for granted and we all know it. But if I told you to define it right now, you'd probably start stuttering. <laughs> what does of mean? Yeah, me too. It means, it's got a lot of definitions, but the smaller of a bigger part or something that's consisting of, a, a characteristic of, having the characteristics with something else. And the writer lets us know that this throne is not meant for God to have something in his hand. And when you come begging back to God because you've made some mistakes, had some thoughts you shouldn't have, did some things you shouldn't do, because all of hell is warring against your mind and beating you up for doing things he convinced you to do in the first place. And when you come, it's not some. God, now hold on now. I'm not giving you a license to sin tonight. You understand that, right? God forbid, he said. God forbid. But if we do sin, we've got an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. I'm telling somebody, the throne he sits in, he says it's called a throne of grace. That throne consists with the unmerited favor of God. I don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. But that's the throne. He said, come on. Come on boldly. 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 You know, the biggest problem I'm going to have tonight the biggest problem the Holy Ghost is going to have tonight is getting some of us to pull the facade down. 
quit acting like I'm not preaching to you. Because you know God's talking to you. I didn't come to throw stones tonight. I'll tell you what, the, the longer I live for God, less stone throwing I do. I'm going to tell you what. I'll look at some of you teenagers here tonight. I want you teenagers to look at me. Look at me. You guys pay attention. Some of y'all, you look so down, trodden. Just, just kind of cast down. Oh, help me right now, Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you what, you young girls, you listen to this preacher right now. Ooh. There's nothing more beautiful than a Holy Ghost-filled woman. There's nothing out there you can put on your face. Nothing out there you put on your body. There's something about a Holy Ghost glow. I'm just going to do what I feel. Oh, God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I look at some of you young people tonight. And in your mind, you've got a picture of God. Angry. You feel so insignificant. And you, you young ladies, I'm not trying to pick on you beautiful girls tonight, okay? We tight? We cool? All right, that's across the board. Everybody's good. We're all good, all right? But you're going through this age. I know I, uh, I'm raising three girls, and I've, they've taught me a lot, okay? They've taught me a lot. It was just us boys, okay? But, oh, I got an education about these girls. And, and you, you start feeling, especially this generation, God, I, 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 wanna, I hate social media, what it's doing to this generation. I hate it. This, this fake life. You know, the real fake news is on Instagram. The real fake news is on social media. That's the real fake news. <laughs> That's the real fake news, but do away with CNN and all that other stuff too, okay? But you girls... Look, I'm going to help you tonight, okay? I'm kind of hitting and missing here tonight. Don't come to church like you don't know if you fit in or you belong here. Oh, yes, you belong here. You belong right there where you are. And you just say, you know what? This is my church too. You know what? You can shout like they shout. You can dance like they dance. There's a God that loves you as much as he loves anybody else. God is on your side, young men. God's on your side, young ladies. But when you don't measure up, when you make mistakes, when you fall, the altar's your best friend. Don't ever be scared of the altar. Because I know, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to take my box of Kleenexes go down to an altar and bawl and squall and say God I'm sorry I'm not going to forgive me Lord I, I made mistakes and, and, and the, the grace of God let mercy come up close and mercy said I forgive you and all of a sudden out of my belly would flow that river of living water all over again and I'd say oh thank you Jesus and I, I'd shout and I'd dance and you know what a few weeks go by a few months go by 
And I was right back where I was. And I had to go back to the same altar because I knew that's the only place to go was back to the altar. The problem was, listen to me, the problem was the devil met me there and said, you, 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 you can't, you, you've already told God you wouldn't be back here. You've already told God you wouldn't make that mistake again. You, you can't lie to God and expect God to forgive you. You, you cannot go to an altar. I'm, I've had these in my, in, my, in my little brain. You cannot tell God, I'll never make that mistake again. And then go make that mistake again. And then come back to the altar again and say, well, God, I guess I was wrong. And the devil says, you can't do that. But I had nowhere else to go. I had nowhere else to turn to. And I knew I didn't deserve it. But that's called the grace of God. I was unworthy. I was unworthy. I was unlovable. But grace said, come on in mercy. And let's help that boy out. I am saved by grace. Come on, praise him. Come on, praise him. Come on, praise him. And so here's the problem. We know it's church night. You know, Paul said, there's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. You know what one of the worst feelings in the world is? Condemnation, guilt, shame. Walking through those double doors knowing I'm carrying a baggage of mistakes tonight. Praying. Praying. Oh, God, please don't let Brother Moats. Don't, don't show him, God. Please don't show Brother Moats. Let, 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 me, let me get right and all this and, and just the guilt and the shame. And every time the pastor looks at you, you're like, oh, God, he knows. He knows. He's no, He knows. Every time he jerks, oh, God, just showed him. Oh, God. Oh, God, let's get, let's, let's, let's get out of here. Let's get, let's get out of here. That's the worst feeling in the world. And people come to church with the mentality the hell put in their head. Go ahead. God's going to whoop you good tonight. Go ahead. The preacher's going to work you over tonight. Go ahead. You go up that altar and just see what happens. And you know what? We can come to church like a doll that's been slapped too many times. And, you, and somebody's holding a treat out for it and that dog's like, Oh, I want to. I want to. They're sitting on those pews and they're holding that pew. Back in the old days, you'd call it white knuckling. They'd hold that. They'd hold that pew in front of them until their knuckles turn white, because they don't know. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. That's hell telling you to be scared. The Bible said, "Come boldly." The Bible said, "Come boldly." That means you got to say. Excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me. Where you going? I'm going to an altar. I'm going to an altar. Why? Because grace, grace said, open the door. Mercy's here. Pardon's here. The blood's here. Forgiveness is here. Come on, praise him. Come on, praise him.
Well, he wasn't through writing. He said, come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace. Could you put Hebrews 4, 16 up there, please, brethren? Thank you. And find grace for what purpose? Why does God want to give you grace in the first place? Why do we need grace in the first place? Hebrews 4.16. And gives grace to help when in a time you need it. I'm sorry, you'll never be perfect. I'm sorry, you'll have some bad days. I'm sorry, some days you'll make mistakes. Some days you will let God down. But grace says, come on in. I'll help you. I'll help you. I'll make a way out. I'll shine on you. I'll forgive you. I'll love you. To help, to help, to help. Why? Why? Why would God help me? Why would God help you? Why am I standing here right now? Why are any of us here right now? You want to stand up and tell us how perfect you've been all your life, or you want to be honest and tell us all the things that you're thankful the blood covers and nobody else can see? But why are we here? Why is grace available to help in time of need? Why? Because this is what hell is making us forget. God loves you more than you love yourself. Oh, some of you didn't hear me tonight. God loves you more than you love yourself. And God wants you to be saved more than you want to be saved yourself. God wants you to make heaven your eternal home. And so grace says, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. I don't think you all understand what I'm saying right here. He said, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. Brother Moses, come here, please. Would you stand right here on this side of this chair? Just grab it right there, Brother Moses. God said, I'm going to help you. Just kind of pick it up a little bit. Just, just pick it up there. No, no, see? No, it didn't, didn't work, did it? Just pick it up a little bit. Just a little bit there, please. No. That's what some people are wanting God to do all the heavy lifting. No. God said, I'm going to help you. You know what that means? You do your part and God do his part. And together. And together. Hey. 
wouldn't wait on God to bail you out. Do your part. Come to church. Come to prayer meeting. Read your Bible. Submit to a man of God. You do your best and you watch God show up and he'll show out. I'll help you. I'll help you. I'll help you. I'll help you. Let's praise him. Come on. Let's love him. Come on, musicians. Be seated just for a moment. I'll make two quick points and I'm done, okay? Can I just make two more? You know why in Pentecost, now I'm not speaking for here. I have no idea. I know I'm guilty of it. You know why we don't hear preaching like this very much? Because we're scared that people's going to take this message and say, all right, <laughs> I've always wanted to drink beer. Let's go get drunk. We'll just come back Sunday and put it on the blood. I think you're all smarter than that. I think you're smarter than that. Just don't forget, mercy is here. But when you open the door to that spirit world, you're going to need more than mercy. So don't, 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 go, don't go down and get, get your fix your high tonight from the corner somewhere and say, I'll just come back in yeah, it don't always work that way. So, so understand, because the, the denominal world has abused the word grace, doesn't mean it still don't belong to us. We are saved by grace. This altar is here because of grace. The baptism takes there. I'm going to drive that point home. It's there because of grace. This move of God is a product of God's grace. Yes, we're saved by grace. But that don't mean that God's going to overlook your sin and you just go live like you want to live and just say, well, I confess and I believe. I believe you'll go straight to hell if you live like that. Second point. One of the biggest lies hell will ever tell you is that you've gone too far and His grace cannot reach you. Now can we be honest for a minute here? Who, who made me and you so smart and big and why that we can put a limit on the grace of God? How are you, how, how you going to measure the love of God? Who are you and I? Who's the devil to try to tell me when I've gone too far. You know why I know you haven't gone too far? Because you're here. And you feel something saying, come on. Come on. Come on. What's that tugging in my heart, preacher? That's grace. Come on. Come on. Tell Budweiser goodbye. Come on. Tell perversion goodbye. 
Tell pornography goodbye, my God. Tell immorality goodbye. Tell lust. Tell molestation. Tell all that adultery. Tell all that junk goodbye. Grace is saying, come on. Come on. Where are we going? Mercy's waiting on you. Where are we going, sinner man? Grace is the thing that can connect a sinful man and the mercy of God. Father, forgive me. I know I'm not worthy. I know I've made some mistakes. But God, if you'll just love me one more time, I'm going to walk out them back doors and say, devil, you're a liar. I can make it. Rejoice not against me, oh, my enemy. But when I fall, I shall arise again. As long as grace is saying, come on, come on, come on, come on. As long as mercy is there, I'm going to get up, get up, get up. So what do we do now? Well, is he really preaching to me? I don't know. Maybe, maybe if he'd walk off that platform and put a finger in my face or palm my head, I know he's talking to me. Well, I could. I really could right now for some of you. That's not what it has to be. Mercy is already calling your name. Grace is already tugging at your heart tonight. You've made some mistakes. You've made some mistakes. And hell's trying to tell you, if you get out of that pew and you walk down that altar, you're going to get a beating of your life. I, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. If I own this thing, I'd break this thing right now. That's not what's waiting right now. What's waiting is nail-scarred hands. Grace is pulling. Come on, sir. You've made mistakes. The altar's open. Come on, ma'am. You let go down. The altar's open. Don't you fight grace. Don't you resist the grace. Come on. Come on. The altar's open. Pray, 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 pray. Come on. It's not for the perfect. It's for the honest. It's for the sincere. I need grace tonight. I need that amazing grace. <laughs> Come on, that's it. That's it, girls. That's it, girls. God loves you. God loves you. Come on, that's it. Jesus can fix it. Jesus can fix it tonight. That's it. Love is here. Mercy's here. That's it. Compassion's here.